So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. We use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity Sync. I've looked at Boomtown like real geeks, just a bunch of different ones, but me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used LineDesk, I've used Conversion, and I think follow-up boss gives you the most integrations Mm-hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform yet at the same time it's still affordable i do like follow-up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that it's just a little more convenient for me um, it tracks everything that i need i can customize it if i want if i want to go smart list based that's fine if i want to go task based it's fine i think it's one of the best systems and it's very user-friendly it's just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user-friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective, Follow Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, buckle up. It is the final quarter of 2022. And today is one of those special podcasts where I go back and we review all of the best podcasts from September. I give you a few minutes of each of those so you can see what you want to go back and listen to. But why am I saying buckle up? Man, listeners out there, you guys have been messaging me like crazy. People have been chatting. Real estate statistics seem to be changing overnight. The, it is really, really a wild, interesting time that we've seen you know, back in February or March, just the first signs of interest rates ticking up and the first signs of lenders not sure what they're going to be able to do. And we see we saw rates going up and now we've seen you know three, four, so many consecutive Fed sessions of interest rates going up. And now we have seen what most people will say is a normal market. But what does that mean? What does a normal market mean? 
the when the market has been kind of going up and mostly been a seller's market for the past like five, six, seven years in a lot of places, and then especially the last two or three. And I think what right now, when I'd say normal market, we're getting to what it was, what it you know was like maybe 2017, 2018, 2019, where some properties and some houses are still going to sell within just a few days if they're priced right and they look right and their pictures look good. But you could also find a house in a good neighborhood that's priced right, that's nice, that you're gonna only get low ball offers or it's gonna take you a few months to sell. So right now in city of Austin, we went from you know less than a month of inventory to three months of inventory. So in your city right now, you can look and see how many months of inventory do we have? And what does that mean? What, have months, what does months of inventory really mean? And so if you've got three months of inventory, it means it's going to take three months at today's current rate for the active for the active listings to sell. But that also means that it wouldn't be surprising for it to take three months to get an offer you want to accept. So use those tools as you share it with your buyers and your sellers out there because it is crazy to think about what months of inventory really means. If you've got if you've got three months of inventory, it means don't worry or worry or however you want to look at it. But just know that it won't be abnormal to have a listing sit three months before you actually get an offer you're going to accept. It's a wild, wild time, wild changes. You know, we're going to do our mastermind again live in Austin uh, this coming February. I hope some of you guys go sign up. We're about to release those signups to the public. So just keep an ear out. Uh, guys, continue to message me your questions. I'm going to answer a lot of the questions live over the next month or two as I get to phase back into doing more of these podcast interviews. But now here we go. So for the best of September, first podcast I want you to go listen to a few minutes of is episode 1078, Psychology of Sales with Scott Harris and Caleb Spears is our guest interview on this one. Go ahead and take a listen. I was a psychology major in college. You know, I, I feel like I'm really more of a therapist than, a, than an agent most days, as I'm sure people out there will, will, will you know, recognize. And um, I've always been a very, you know, people person. I'm super curious. So to get to talk to people doing everything under the sun professionally is like my dream. Like, can I just be at a cocktail party 24-7 learning about other people? I love it. So my degree was in psychology also. And when I got my degree in psychology, people would tell me, they'd be like, why are you getting a psych degree? That's useless. <laughs> Unless you're going to get a, like a PhD in the field. I mean, it's kind of hard to get just a normal a job in that field without like a PhD level education. And that was not my intention. And uh, turns out psychology is great for real estate. Because you're right, you do end up being like a, I mean, I've been a marriage counselor at times, you know, I've been, yeah, I've worked through all sorts of crazy stuff with people. But um, I love that, that you're just curious about people. I think there's some real value there. And um, can you just kind of speak to that piece of how curiosity and being just naturally interested has helped you throughout your career? Well, you know, I, I want to touch on something that you said also, which is, you know, the, the psych major. I mean, look, let's face it. Anybody can say, oh, you want to spend from this to this, and you want to be in this area, and you want this many bedrooms, and you want a kitchen that's this or that, you know, you, all the boxes. Anybody can do that. That's not the hard part. The hard part is getting to know someone and what they're saying and what they're not saying. There's so much there. It's, I, it's a people-first business. If you, people know you care, then they're going to open up and share what their dreams are. It's very scary. We take it for granted that this this whole thing. So you know it. 
the people part of this is the overlooked part. Yeah, no, that's phenomenal. And you touched on something so powerful. You said when we dive into emails or text messages or try and put out the fires like first thing in the morning, you're not in control of your day. Now the day is controlling you. You've had no time to establish your, your mindset, your rhythm. You've had no time to like just center yourself and have peace and be ready to go put out those fires. You're just jumping straight in. That's a great way to burn out and be miserable, even if you're being successful. And yeah. so that's, that's one thing he touches on is like, Hey, wake up early enough that you have time to control what happens first in your day. Yeah. Look, I, I often say that our job is to be the captain of the ship. I actually, I'm from new Orleans. So I think about a riverboat, right? R- riverboat captains, the best riverboat captains. And by the way, if you haven't read the autobiography of Mark Twain, that gives the best description of what it's like to be a riverboat captain, but they only could control like a half a mile or a mile of the river. They only, they can't know every part of the river, but they know that part of the river and they know what's underneath, what logs and what rocks and everything else. We're a riverboat captain, right? We just need to know our thing and so that we can steer around it. And you have to be calm in the, in the storm when things are going crazy. We meet everybody at their most stressed at their absolute most stressed in their lives. And we've got to provide calm and care. And that does not come from checking email first thing in the morning, that is for sure. Yeah, oh, that's good. I remember you liked that one. That was episode 1078 with Scott Harris and Caleb Spears. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1079, the future of home financing with Pavan Agarwal. So I interviewed Pavan They've got this really cool product through their mortgage company you want to be talking about. And he had some great advice for agents on there. Here's a few minutes of episode 1079. The, the goal of our technology is to make the realtors and the consumer's life easier. The number one problem, and, and again, as a realtor back in the day, not, not personally, but watching my, my parents, both of my parents, by the way, were realtors and uh, watching them deal with their loans. The biggest problem is getting hold of the loan officer. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It, I, yes, I think you're right. I think that is a big problem, <laughs> right? And, and I think every every realtor knows that. Like, and and it's not that it's not because your loan officer is not a good loan officer. It's just when when you're with your your customer, you need something now, mm-hmm. right? And everyone's busy, and 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 you know that loan officer. However, he could be the best guy in the world, but he could be on another phone call. He could be in a meeting. He could be here. He could be there, right? Yeah. But you're facing your customer now, and he, you need an answer immediately. Um, and and it's very awkward to say, well, okay, I don't, I don't know that answer. So the technology that we have solves that problem. So you get immediate answers uh, to pretty much any situation that could arise, um, uh, at least from a lending perspective from a financing perspective and we're expanding the ai so that it could it could pretty much answer every question that can arise from a real estate perspective as well so so a a an agent can be a super agent uh, and a super agent basically means what that when you're talking to your borrower or your buyer you have the answers at your fingertips that's how you build trust and and respect from from your customer when every time you have to say, I, oh, let me get back to you on that, or I don't have the answer right now, 
if you say that over and over and over again, guess what? You're going to lose your customer. You're going to lose the, 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 uh, all that money and energy you spend marketing, putting your name out there and your branding out there. And the first time you say, I don't have an answer to that question, right? You just lost, you just lost all that. So our technology solves that problem. What makes you the most excited about the, the technology you guys have been building? Our technology, you know, if you look back here in the background, we call it empathetic technology. Yeah. Okay. So the empathy is really important. I and mean, that's, the, that's the essence of sales. The, the essence of sales is you need to demonstrate to the, your customer that you understand them. That if you don't, then you're just, what's the difference between you and Walmart, right? You just are just going to Walmart, buy, buy your stuff, and, and you're, just the, you're just the person at the, at the cash register, right? So, so to deliver that empathetic experience, when you use Morgan, you don't just like say, hey, go use this app, okay? First of all, the app, the AI is responsive to the customer, what the customer is feeling. And the AI knows that you referred him. So the AI is going to keep, number one, is going to keep your name top of mind with the customer automatically. Number two is you are invited to join in the conversation with your buyer. So your buyer is not, right now when a buyer goes on to any other traditional app, they're on their own. Yeah. Okay. It's just them and the computer. And in, in, in Morgan, it's, it's the buyer, the AI, and you. So you never lose touch with, the, with that customer. The customer always sees that you're there and you're having, you now you're having a virtual conversation as opposed to, um, you know, an in-person conversation, but you're there and you're working with him. And, and for you as a, as a busy real estate agent with multiple buyers, um, it doesn't slow you down. It doesn't bog you down because you could have multiple uh, conversations going on at the same time. And, and each one of those customers feel like you're, they're your only customer. And that's the key. The key to empathy is that your, your client feels like you're the only client. All right. And if you like that one, you want to go listen to more, learn about more mortgage technology that's out there and Pavan and his company, go listen to the rest of episode 1079. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1080, fun ways to win new real estate business with Jen Martell and Steph Heiser was the guest interviewer for this one. Here's a few minutes of that one. When you have the polls, it gets people to engage and then you know they're watching your story and they're reading your stuff. It gets them to engage in what you put on there. So I agree with, I love the polls and everything too. So, but that's the thing. There's, it's a whole world in social media land and doing that. So learning all that and knowing, you know, to um, a good post to do that's going to reach people and just know what it is you like to see and what um, drives you and what gets you in, in um, engaged in someone's post and then do the same thing to build your audience. So that's a great thing. Cause yeah, I'm the same way. There's certain things that I don't like the old school things that I'm not really into. Like I'm not really into door knocking and I know door knocking works for a lot of people. That's not really my thing. And I love people. So it's not that I don't want to go talk to people cause I'll talk to people all day long. But I'm like, I don't want to go to your house and bug you. I don't know. That's just how I think. But it works for a lot of people. So I don't knock it. It's just not my thing. And that's another thing I learned on your podcast was do what's going to resonate with you because then it, you're going to be successful with it. So 
that's how I, I feel. You know, to me, it's social media. It's being here at the cafe and engaging with the customers and stuff here. Um, it, you know, giving little cool things to their little ones or giving out free stuff to get them to come over and talk and meeting people. And that's just how I start to meet different people and engage with others. So those are the things that have worked for me and everyone has to just find what's, what's going to work and click with them. So going back to the excitement and stuff with our buyers and sellers, I, yes, obviously we're all in the business to make money. Making money is our whole goal. Otherwise <laughs> I'd probably just sit at home and eat candy all day or I don't know what I would do. Totally. <laughs> a millionaire. I don't know what people like that do, but I work because I need to make money. But the best thing is when I do have that successful closing, the feeling, the feeling when I say an offer got accepted, the feeling when I say that we are closed, funded and recorded, those feelings that you get, they're priceless. And I'm thankful every day that I'm in this business and I chose this business and that it's become something successful for me because I get to feel that every time I close a deal and it's just the best feeling ever. <laughs> All right, if you liked that one, go back and listen to the rest of 1080 with Steph Heiser interviewing Jen Martell. All right, next up here is State of the Market 89. Our first State of the Market in a while. Why do we call it State of the Market? Because this was really a deep coaching session where me, Matt King, and Stephanie Brackett, we went through and we did live coaching with interview questions that the listeners came up with. Everybody was on that Zoom webinar and we had a lot of fun doing it. And I think that uh, even more so than a couple of weeks ago, it's super important to go listen to it now. So here's a few minutes of State of the Market 89. Right now you can get a great deal on a new home that's already finished. Yes. Right? You can get a 10, 15, 20% off that it was before. And even though the builders act like they don't negotiate, they do absolutely negotiate. And builders are the most hurting when it comes to selling one of those homes. What happened in that market? I think, I think they're a big opportunity if they're already built for a discount. Because so many people locked up a home in March. Now their home is, get, and what happens with the way the building works is they get a pre-qual, but then they get re-qualified when the house is finished. Well, now that the house got finished six months later, rates are two points higher. The buyer can't afford that home anymore. And that builder has already booked that money. They were already planning on selling that. So as- But, a, but the two thing years, to add there, Aaron, just to interrupt you for a second, the thing to add there is most likely that builder, let's say they were under contract to sell that house to the consumer for 900 seven months went past, the market has gone up crazy. So now that asset might be worth 1.2. So these builders are a little bit delusional and they're kind of excited for it to fall out because they're like, well, we know we might not get 1.2. We're going to list for 1.2. We're going to take some concessions. We'll sell for 1.1 when originally we were under contract for 900. So everybody feels a little greedy to me in this market. And so I think to your point, Aaron, there's a great opportunity to negotiate with builders because there's a lot of cushion that they've got in these deals now at least in my opinion, and they're going to want to clear things off their books quickly. A year and a half ago, I was saying, get with builders when you've got nine months left in construction, because by the time you close, it's going to be worth a lot more. And now it's the opposite. Don't do that because your buyer won't be qualified anymore nine months from now. Um, but if you can get a, a fast sale, let's jump over to, to Stephanie. What are your feelings, Stephanie, about, about the market outlook and some you know actionable advice for agents to succeed in the market? Right. You know, it's funny because we we literally just went through a mini shift when COVID hit, right? I mean, we literally had to shift our operations when COVID hit. We shifted how we market houses. We figured out how to do multiple offers and how to compete in multiple offer situations. And we started with all this language. You probably saw language on contracts. You're like, what the heck is this? Because people were getting super creative with offers. So 
if you can shift fast enough, you can be at the forefront of what's happening. So if you can shift your operations faster than anybody else, you will win in this market. And what I mean by that, like take an open house, for instance, an open house six months ago, the purpose of the open house was to generate massive amount of buyer leads. You could go hold an open house and you'd get 80 leads. The purpose was not to sell the house. We knew the house was going to sell anyway. That was a no brainer that the house was gone. So that was not the purpose. Now, as this market has shifted, the purpose of an open house is to show the seller, look, I'm the person you want to list your property because I'm the only one who's going to get it sold. And now the things you do in that open house and the communication you have with the seller, you can be the number one agent. And the purpose of the open house now is not necessarily to get a list of buyers. The purpose of the open house is to prove to that seller and all the neighbors that you're the guy that's going to, or gal that's going to be able to sell a house in a shifted market. And that's what we had to do back in the day. Like, I mean, it was communication, 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 and we're doing six, seven, eight, nine, ten open houses for the same listing because sellers are convinced that an open house is going to sell their house. Now, we all know that an open house probably is not going to sell your house in a down market. However, what it proves to everybody else is that you're the best marketer out there and you're the best person that's going to get their house sold. So there's a lot of different operations that you can shift and systems that you can shift in the shifted market that'll just put you right at the top of the list of sellers. You just have to switch your way of thinking as fast as you did in COVID. Because during COVID, all of a sudden, we figured out how to work not in the office. We figured out how to show houses without ever meeting anybody and without ever stepping foot in the house. The buyer never stepping foot in the house. We learned really fast and we need to do that now. We can't wait on our laurels and expect the market today to be able to succeed in the market today doing the exact same things we did in March or April of this year. It just won't work. And so you have to literally go through every single system you have line by line and 10x your communication with the client because that's what's going to get you winning in this market. Exactly. Yeah. It's we are the note that I wrote down was like how do you win as a listing agent right now? That's some of the questions. How do you win as a listing agent when the average days on market will be 90 days? And what people don't realize is like in, tw- you know, in 2012, 2013, it was not abnormal to list a, a house for sale. And 90 days later, you get a full price offer 90 days later. It doesn't mean it's not always price driven with things. It's just about there's less buyers out there and less sellers. So what do you do as a listing agent when, when somebody's like, hey, do you have any offers? Hey, do you have any offers? And you're 10 weeks in, you're 11 weeks in, and you're trying to tell the, the, the owner why you're the best person still. So the way that you keep your, your listings happy, your sellers happy, um, what you really do is keep them happy. That needs to be the goal, right? And then figuring out what do they need? What do they want? You know, you get to tell, hey, I'm the pro and here's what I'm doing. And here's why I'm doing it and getting to share through the process and share the stats. Hey, we haven't sold yet, but nothing in your neighborhood has sold yet. And this one actually got an offer, but it was $30,000 less than yours. So if we lower, we can wait, but that still took 30 days. So maybe we lower in that, or maybe we do this. A lot of interaction, lots of statistics. The statistics tell the story and the market gets to be the bad guy and, and the agent gets to be the one helping them. You know, and it's the same thing with you're showing them as a listing agent. Hey, I'm doing everything I can. I'm going to do everything I can. And this is going to take three months because the only way that listing cancels is if two months in the seller says, you know what, this isn't going to work. 
they start saying, is this the right agent for me? So you need to get them not asking the question, is this the right agent for me? And, and being okay with the question of like, you know, how long will this market take? But it's got to be about the market and not you. And if you're not doing the things they want, if you're not doing the open houses, if you're not providing the statistics, if you don't have balloons on the sign, if you're not doing the things that people perceive, then they're going to want to blame the agent. When market's cool, they will blame the agent. You know, six months ago, when it was hard to get an offer accepted, people blamed their buyer's agent and they were switching agents. So that perspective changes a little bit. So listing, so sellers are going to be asking themselves, is this the right agent or should I give up or should I just keep the house? You know, and buyers are asking, can I buy a house I like that I can afford? All right, remember, if you like that one and you want to go hear the rest of me and Stephanie Brackett and Matt King talking, go listen to the rest of State of the Market 89. Next up, episode 1081, Facebook advertising tips for real estate agents with Andrew Dunn, interviewed by Stephanie Heiser. Here's a listen. Yeah, so what is one of the strategies that worked the best for you for attracting your clients? How do people find you? How do they know that that is your specialty? So I'll tell you how we got our first four or five deals. And it was a bit of a whirlwind romance, how it happened. And it all happened basically within the first two weeks. So we got there, we, we, we had these open houses, and we're like, right, we're going to launch ads to fill them. So it was instantly like, we're not going to try doing mailers, all this shit. Launch ads, fill them, fill them with ads. Someone saw one of our ads that was basically like a friend of a friend of a friend of Peter. So it was like some, you know, down the line, he kind of knew of him. And he was like, oh, I didn't realize you were in real estate. And that was in within the first couple of days. He was like, oh, yeah. Like, and that was kind of how one of our first deals came. He saw our ad and then he was like, I know Peter. And your ad was on Facebook? Always, always on Facebook. We're heavy. We're 99.9%. We're just starting to do a bit of, not a transition, but we're starting to um, roll out organic YouTube now. So we're putting effort into doing that uh, because YouTube does tend to work better for people looking to move to areas because naturally people go like moving to say Dallas right on YouTube so that was the very first one but then we filled the open house and I think they had 120 people something like that sign up for the weekend to come to these open houses we ended up getting um those houses ended up selling obviously like straight away and the ones that I can remember for definite is we ended up getting was it three it was three four or five deals essentially from that first open house effort, which was running ads, someone saw it, and then the people that actually attended, and we ended up getting those deals. And I think we ended up getting some like three buys and maybe one or two sells out of it. And it's like, could people put that down to luck? Sure, you could. I mean, if you want to if you want to put it down to luck, but the reality is, is, you know, luck is when, you know, action meets opportunity, right? And it's like, get out there and do it. And like, if we hadn't run those ads, we wouldn't have got it. And we, we essentially have always scaled that way because we it gives us predictability. Like this is why we love ads. Okay, it costs money, and I, I definitely want to share with the audience some more about the ad side, but I also want to go into some free strategies because there's some amazing free ones too. Um, but the beauty of advertising in general is it gives you predictability when it comes to real estate. Now we all know about the real estate roller coaster. It's just like a term that we all just seem to accept but the top teams don't accept it. Every top agent I've ever spoken to ever is like, real estate roller coaster is like, no, we do like 
50 deals a month, every month. Some do, we do 60. But when they're doing 60 to 50, they're not going, oh, we're on a downward trend. A real estate roller coaster is agents doing three and then doing none for six months. Right. Like that's roller coaster. Yeah, right? the feast or famine. Right. And like, we're like, we're not doing that. And the way you don't do that is through advertising. Advertising just constantly fills your lead pool, constantly. So there was one more point. I'll give you this extra little tidbit. When it comes to the free Facebook groups, you want to take this on steroids. I won't give I won't give his surname just in case, but there's a guy called Joe. And he took this strategy on absolute steroids. And he ended up buying two or three groups in his local area, bought them, kicked out every other realtor, and then is the only realtor in these groups, right? The reason I don't want to say his name because I will tell you how much he paid. He paid two and a half thousand bucks for one of these groups of like 30,000 members. In his first, and he's a brand new agent. In his first year in real estate from that group that cost him $2,500, he made $250,000 in GCI. Yeah, that's brilliant. All right, if you like that one, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1081 with Andrew Dunn and Steph Heiser. All right, next up, here's a few minutes of episode with Courtney Atkinson interviewing Jess Lenavelle, episode 1082. I think I interviewed her on the podcast maybe 18 months ago. She coaches tons of agents. You know, she was a young agent when she started and it's done tons of volume. And she reached out. She wanted to come back on the podcast. I was happy to make a spot for her. So here's a few minutes of that interview. I just want to go back to one thing <clears throat> that you said to me that uh, that really resonated. And I'm certain that it's going to resonate with other listeners. My phone would ring and I would cry. Now, listen, you will only know what that feels like unless you've been a really successful real estate agent. And that's a sign of so much opportunity and not enough horsepower and interest in the business anymore. You're like, how do I escape all of this opportunity? How do I take advantage of it? Because I've literally spent the last X number of years trying to get to this point. And now that I'm here, it makes me sad. So, so talk to me just about those moments and, and, yeah. and how they help propel you forward. Because I know for me, it was a key time in my life as well, but I want to hear your story around that. I think that any big change that you make in in your life ever is always moving away from pain and moving towards pleasure, right? And it, in that moment, I just felt so depleted and I felt like I just didn't have anything left for me. And I start my book with this story that we call the spaghetti incident that is, you know, the gist of it is that I'm sitting on date night with my husband who anybody who knows me knows that I am absolutely obsessed with him. We've been married for coming up on nine years. And like, he's like, just like my reason for everything. And my phone rang on our date night and I spit the spaghetti that was in my mouth into my napkin and I picked up the phone. And (sighs) It was there was this just spiral that happened from that moment that really changed everything. And I realized that what I was building and I was justifying as I'm building something for us Mm -hmm. was not values aligned with what was coming out of my mouth. You know, like (laughs) I was saying literally coming out of my mouth. What I was saying that I was doing and what I was doing it for wasn't showing up in in the way that I was prioritizing anything. And so it became super important to me to shift that. And I stopped trying to do everything on my own. I started, you know, as Tim Ferriss would say, eliminating, automating, and then outsource. Um, and, And I really just 
it, it all came down to I needed to make different choices and I needed to change the business model that we were operating. And just like anything else, when something becomes glaringly obvious and you can't unsee it, we changed it very quickly. Um, and we built the kind of business that I teach now, which is, you know, with real estate as the vehicle to all the things that you want in your life, not the only thing that matters. It makes me think of um, Ariana Huffington. She She's such a great example of prioritizing herself. She will leave. She goes to bed at the same time every night. And it doesn't matter if she's at a gala or if she's like being given an award. She, her team, she knows and she leaves. She's like, oh, I've hit like, this is the witching hour. I'm going. And everybody just knows that of her. I think she goes to bed at 10. Um, and so she'll go to an event and she'll like, she'll do her thing. But even when her, when they're scheduling, like if she's speaking at like an evening dinner or something, she always speaks at the beginning because they know that she, like, she's going to leave at nine. That's cool. And, and it's just, it's, it's a well-known thing. And she set that boundary in such a strong way because it's what actually serves her. And I Mm -hmm. think in real estate, especially we have a tendency to be incredibly reactive and, that reactivity really doesn't serve us in terms of us taking care of ourselves and being the best version of ourselves on an ongoing basis, especially in the long term. Mm-hmm. And I remember being 21 and this agent that I looked up to said to me once, every single phone call that you miss could be $10,000. And mm-hmm. it was such a toxic thought that was put into my head and I struggled with it for years. And now I, what, I, what I've done and what we teach is how do you set expectations mm-hmm. not with your clients, with your prospects, with your team, so that people understand that there is no such thing as a real estate emergency. Yeah. And yeah. that you being at your best benefits every single person. Right. All right. And if you want to go hear the rest of Courtney Atkinson's interview with Jess Lenabel, Go to episode 1082, Less Stress for Guide to Beating Burnout. All right, here's a few minutes of next one, episode 1083, Stop Lead Generating and Start Building Influence. This was Stephanie Brackett's interview with Patrick Kilner. Here's a few minutes of that one. I, mean, I remember having a conversation with some agents and I was we were talking about you know the same idea. Hey, it was a half, halfway through the year. You had revenue goals. Here you are. It's you know middle of the summer. Okay, maybe you were a little optimistic. <laughs> what do you have in your back pocket in terms of your lead generation strategy? Like we could we could talk about knocking doors and pounding phones and memorizing scripts and 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 sending stuff to people's houses and you know pop buys and all this stuff, right? All of these things. How many of you? So what what is it that you're going to bridge the gap in your revenue with? So what are you going to go and just go hard on? And they all wrote that down. And I remember saying, okay, well, great. Now that you've written that down. How many of you are really, really excited about doing that activity for the next three to five years? Five days a week, two hours a day. How many of you are deeply excited about that? 40 people, not a hand was raised. Of course. Thought, okay, there's something wrong with the way in which we're thinking about lead yeah. generation, if that's the case. And I was just, it, it sort of struck me. So I was really looking like, this is a 
business productivity conversation, right? Yeah. And I didn't have any 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 food, you know, to for for thought for the rest of the audience. And I thought, okay, well, I'm just curious. For those of you who have kids, I'm a dad. How many of you would take that same lead generation thing that you wrote down and teach it to your kids so they can have a much more deeply fulfilling life and career? And of course, nobody raised their hands. I thought, well, gosh, if we're doing disruption prone things and we wouldn't even teach it to our kids, then what is it that we should be doing such that five, 10 years from now, we're even more excited to do it and we would transfer it to the next generation of people who would take over our businesses? Because that's why I'm in business. And and it got me thinking deeply about what what is not disruption prone. And and just thinking about my own career, the only things that have remained constant are the relationships that I've curated. Pat, what advice would you give? Like if you could go back and redo your career starting in 2004, what would you do differently knowing what you know now? Plug yourself back into two four and two thousand four and start over. What would you do? I guess the first the first thing that I would tell myself is understand disruption is part of the game, and your job is to be highly unique and valuable. And you don't have to be unique and valuable to everyone. Your job is to create a monopoly in the minds of the highest talent people you can possibly find. That's the first thing. The second thing is that you're building a business so that you can fund the rest of your dreams. And those dreams are largely tied up in the most important people to you outside of your business. And so one of the things I'll tell my team, and and I, I, I reference this in the book, is spend your professional time, effort, and money on the most influential people you can possibly find in your marketplace so that you can spend your personal time, effort, and money on the most vulnerable or the, the people who need you the most. For for a lot of us, they may have the, our same last name, right? They're they're my right. kids, they're your spouse, they're your they're your closest friendships. Those are the people that I want to invest in in other ways. And too often we allow this business to be so controlling of our time that we forget we don't have to chase down everything if we're using our time really efficiently. And so a big part of why I wrote this book was to allow people the freedom to go and be talent seekers in the right way so that they can allow this business to be what it should be for the people that they love. All right. If you like that one, go listen to the rest of a 1,083. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1,084. Courtney Atkinson interviewing Ryan Wurr, leaving a job for a career in real estate. So often agents that are on teams think that they don't need to or, or shouldn't have to or don't want to invest the time and energy to systematize these things. But at the end of the day, you know, here you've done this consistently over a couple of years and now your income is dramatically different than it would have been had you not done that, right? Correct. Yeah. And like I said earlier, those, those paychecks are a lot bigger, whether, you know, if your team has a SOI list or whatever the case is, but when I'm getting referrals from people that I've done business with, for whatever reason, they're at a higher price point. Right. And, um, you know, social media is a very another, you know, powerful tool that, that we'll probably discuss to just stay front of mind. Cause I believe the, the right touch points, um, for past clients is like 33 a year. 
right? Mm -hmm. So obviously my one star, two star aren't getting 33, but definitely if you're three, four or five, you're definitely getting 33 touches from me, whether it's just a touch base, whether it's a video on social media, whether it's a pop by, right? There's a lot of ways and, and agents might be like, holy crap, 33, that's a ton. But not if you systemize it correctly. It's it's not that much at all. Yeah. And what's the value of 40 additional transactions? I mean, if we do the math on that, the ROI is like 10x. I mean, realistically, it's probably more like 30x, 40x. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing compared to the initial investment. I mean, what would you spend in a year between all the dinners that you pick up, the cups and mugs that you drop off and the time, whatever you value your time at? What do you think your total investment would be on an annualized basis for those people? I would say about five grand, maybe that much. Like, so yeah. it's not, it's one deal essentially. Right. Yeah. And you're going to turn that into call it a hundred thousand dollars or whatever the number is. Right. Yep. I know that um, there's so much value that we could give listeners, but we don't want to drag on too, too long. So if you could give, you know, the people that are listening here, one or two big, you know, tips so that they could accomplish some of the success that you've accomplished here in such a short period of time, what would you leave them with? Uh, I try to impart this on, on our agents too. Um, and it takes a little bit of visualization. Um, and, and I'm not saying you need to do this every year, but if you are goal setting or if you're in a tough spot, you know, I tell all our agents like, Hey, if, if, if you want X, Y, Z as a goal, whether that's 20 transactions, whether that's a hundred in a year, you know, why don't you just go, go somewhere quiet or maybe go for a walk and, and visualize you actually doing that, you know? So if you're goal setting, go sit down with yourself in the future and say, you know, this is the person I became and these are the things I did and these are the things I gave up in order to, to do that goal, right? So you kind of have to visualize yourself, your future self with those goals, with everything you wanted. Like I said, whether it's a transaction number, whether it's more time with your family, but what, what does that person look like? You know, has that person lost a little bit of weight? Has that person not drank as much maybe this year? Has that person implemented something to make their life easier in order for them to get their goals? Okay. So mm -hmm. I kind of, I call it, you know, go visualize your future self. What has that person done? How can you implement those things? And mm -hmm. it, it, it becomes a little bit more tangible for people to goal set instead of just throwing a number out there. Right. Yeah. You know, if, if I eventually want to do a hundred transactions in one year, well, that version of Ryan doing a hundred transactions, it does look significantly different than what Ryan does today. And that's, that's okay. But I kind of know what that person looks like, because let's face it, court, like, if, if, if you're doing X number of deals and you want to significantly ramp it up or you want to significantly leverage out, you have to become a little bit of a different person. And I encourage all my agents not to think, you know, what can you do? Add on, add on. Think of like, what can you give up? Like, is there a substance that you, that's not good for you that you can give up? Is there certain people around you that you can maybe distance yourself from? We all have those people around. So, so what's not, not serving you? And, and sometimes that's even more important than adding on stuff is, hey, what can I remove from my life that no longer serves me? All right. If you want to hear the rest of Courtney interviewing Ryan, go listen to episode 1084. And hey, guys, that's a wrap. That's the end of the best of September interview, the best of September podcast for today. But, you know, guys, I hope that you're listening to lots of podcasts. I hope you're listening to lots of news. I hope you're looking at your real estate statistics. I hope you're talking to your friends. I hope you're trying to really get your finger on the pulse in your market. All markets are different right now. All markets are different, but all markets right now, the there are more listings than there were a few months ago. Buyers affordabilities have dropped across the board with interest rates going up, which means you have less buyers at every single price point. And then there's still gonna be a few outliers that maybe throw that off. But if you know your statistics, then that means you can properly represent your buyers and your sellers out there. 
and you can work hard to figure out where to focus your time and money to make sure that you are one of the agents right now that thrives in this crazy market. Because as I said in that state of the market with Matt and Stephanie, these markets are where the superstars are born. These markets are where normal agents become super agents, where average agents become super wealthy and just grow, grow, grow. So be unique, work hard, figure out your niche and make this section of life, this chapter of life, this strange little real estate market, have it be the one that catapulted you to the top instead of the one that made you think maybe real estate wasn't for me. Real Estate Rockstars, as always, I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. If you have questions, reach out to me on Instagram. It's at Aaron Amuchastegui. Uh, there's only one Aaron Amuchastegui out there, and we'll have a lot of conversations. I've had a ton of conversations this week with so many of you listeners. All right. Thanks for listening. All right, real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one and I wanna make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have and also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com and if you want to chat with me go find me on Instagram if you come find me on Instagram you can send me messages tell me what you want to hear tell me what you liked what you didn't like we try to put a bunch of content out there too you can find me in two different places it's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things thanks for listening we'll see you again soon This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.